0: I first wanna say Happy Mother's Day out there to all you ladies, and I hope that y'all got spoiled this morning. Um, Please, no jealousy over my lovely bracelet that my daughter made me. Um, We're in Philippians today, and first, a little background. Um, The first time that Paul and Silas were in Philippi, they were beaten and imprisoned for driving out a demon um, from a slave girl. Um, It was here that after being put in prison, They were singing and praising to the Father that an earthquake happened. The doors of the prison flew open, and the shackles of the prisoners fell off. The prison guard came running, drew a sword for fear that the prisoners had escaped, and Paul calls out, we're still here, and it was at this point the prison guard came to him and asked what it would take to be a believer. They all went to the jailer's house, and he and his family were saved, not just because of the jailers' faith, but all of their family confessed and believed. Philippians is a letter written by Paul to the church at Philippi. Paul planted the church at Philippi on his second missionary journey. It was the first church planted in Europe. This is a personal letter written directly to the church. The church at Philippi had sent Paul a gift, and he was writing to tell them thank you. He is writing to encourage them in their faith, and help them through all the hardships that they're facing. He is urging them to stay together and not let problems or differences separate them. He is writing to tell them to stay strong and to be steadfast and to rejoice in all the Lord has done. This is Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. I'll be the first to admit that I don't always adhere to this verse. It's that always that gets me. But this seems to be one of people's go-to verses when there's problems or valleys in other people's lives. I've heard Pastor Brian say that these well-meaning Christians will quote these verses to you in your times of sorrow when you would much rather they just leave you alone or practice the presence of just being there. How many times have you quoted these verses to people, but when people say them to you, you just roll your eyes and say, you don't even know what I'm going through. Paul was in prison when he wrote to the church at Philippi. He was sitting in prison, and the thoughts on his mind were rejoicing in peace. He was the one saying rejoice, rejoice always, and he was in prison. Rejoice, or a word similar, is found about 16 times in this short letter to Philippi. What I find extremely comforting is that Paul is not just telling us, but pleading with us to rejoice. The letter tells the church at Philippi to rejoice, to be glad, to be joyful. When I think rejoice, I think of singing, shouting, raised hands, smiling faces. The Psalms are full of joy. Psalms 98.4 says, shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth bursts into jubilant song. Psalms 102 says, says worship the lord with gladness come before him with joyful song psalms 105:3 says glory is his name but the hearts of those who seek the lord rejoice psalms 118:24 says this is the day the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it rejoicing is a command given to all christians joy is listed as a fruit of the spirit which means it should be evident in our lives something that sets us apart from the world in Dave Barber's lesson he reminded us that our walk speaks louder than our talk that we should be known for our walk this letter reminds us not just to rejoice but to rejoice in the Lord we can rejoice in who the Lord is and for what the Lord has done we can rejoice in his love for us rejoice in his sacrifice rejoice in his sovereignty just in this one verse We are told to rejoice, rejoice in the Lord, and rejoice in the Lord always, always, at all times, in all things, rejoice no matter the circumstance, no matter the environment. Paul is telling us to rejoice always. Rejoicing always is hard to do, but rejoicing in the Lord always is what Paul is wanting us to focus on. Paul is not telling them to rejoice in their grief. Rejoice in their sorrow, but rejoice in the Lord always. Paul is not saying rejoice because when you do, everything's going to be perfect. The church knows that Paul's in jail right now. Some of them may have even heard stories or witnessed the beating that Paul and Silas took. Paul is saying, yes, things in life will get hard, but rejoice in the one that holds our future. Rejoice in the Lord, not in our lives. Rejoice in our Savior, not in our sorrow. Rejoice in our Deliverer, not in our doubt. Rejoice in our Healer, not in our hesitation. As Christians, we can rejoice through our pain. We can call out to our Savior in times of need and rejoice that God is God and He is in control. No matter the circumstances, God's hand is always in that not rejoice because of the pain but rejoice because God is holding us through the pain. Rejoice in the Lord always. ask for your prayers during this next part. Matt and I have had plenty of experiences to rejoice in the Lord always and at times we have failed miserably because we were too busy searching for answers instead of searching for our Savior's face. I was told by a doctor, even before I was married, that it would be selfish of me to have my own children. With the disease that I have, and the 50-50 chance of passing it on, I should think about never having children. I quickly found another doctor, because I just couldn't believe in this. Matt and I were married for almost four months when we got pregnant. The heartbeat was hard to hear the first time, and at several visits after that, Our doctor wanted us to see a specialist due to my disease and the faint heartbeat. At our first visit to the specialist, almost in the same breath of, it's a girl, was, oh. That ultrasound wand moved quickly and then the tech left the room. Matt and I were ushered into a room where a family genetic specialist was ready to talk with us. We were told that there was a spot on the brain and a hole in the heart our baby girl and the combination of these two things with my disease means that baby girl had down syndrome
1: yes
0: and there was a rather large significance on that yes if this child lived the quality of life would be miserable we were told to think about the implications of bringing a child with this condition into the world and the impact that it would have on our new marriage I don't remember what was said next, that next five to ten minutes in my mind is a blank. I was thinking, why me, why us, why my baby, did this lady really just tell me it was because of me. All I remember is that Matt was holding my hand and the last thing this lady told me. It was her advice that we terminate the pregnancy. Matt and I were both very adamant that we would not terminate our child. However, we knew that we would be asked several more times by several more doctors if we were sure of our decision, and that termination would be best. We didn't tell many people what we were told at the doctor, and those we did tell, we left out some of the details. In fact, we haven't told anybody the whole story until now. If our child had Downs, no matter what, this was our child, and we didn't want any negativity or sadness around this pregnancy. I'll come back to that. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Philippians 5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Gentleness yet another fruit that Paul is showing us that calling us to show in our life Gentleness show others the Christ in you Paul is telling us to pray and seek the Lord always not worry or be anxious about anything to have faith in the Lord I found a great quote that said nothing is too great for God's power and nothing is too small for his fatherly care meaning we can take everything to the father let your requests be made known be made known yes God already knows all of our requests but he wants us to bring them to him and leave them there that's not just mentioning them picking them back up and walking away it's leaving them there Psalms 55 22 says cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you he will never let the righteous fall Jim mentioned before, coming to the Father and not knowing what to pray. That our hearts are so full, so broken, that we don't know what to say. When Paul wanted to pour his heart out, he wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. He wrote to urge, thank, and encourage them. I find that sometimes I can get my words out best if I write them down. One of my new favorite songs that I'll admit I wore out during radiation treatment it's about pouring your heart out to God. As it plays, I ask that you listen to these heartfelt words in this letter to God.
1: Had you heard that song
0: before? It's by the Warren Brothers. It was written for the movie Letters to God. Um, one of my favorite lines
1: in that song
0: is, It gives me hope, telling you what you already know. That, to me... Is peace. Peace that God's path is lying out before me and that He's guiding me on my way.
1: That everything I'm
0: praying for, everything I'm anxious about, God already knows the outcome. We can come to our Father with our prayers, our requests, our wants, our concerns, our fears. The Lord listens to our prayers if we are silently praying at work, praying as a group at church, or if we are on our knees crying out to the Father in pain and sorrow. He listens, he hears, his presence is the same. Paul also says to pray with thanksgiving. This means not coming to God with a complaining heart. When G and J were younger and would start complaining, I'd look at them and say, what do we say? And they'd repeat back, a thankful heart is a happy heart. And they'd have to say that, a thankful heart is a happy heart, until they said it with a happy heart. So shout out to Madame Blueberry and Veggie Gales. We can thank God for everything in our lives, thankful that through prayer, we are given the opportunity to come to the throne of the Almighty, and what's even more amazing is that He hears us. We need to be thankful for joys and sorrows. It's our full submission to God that allows us to have peace, peace that God is in control, and peace that He has a plan. We submit our hearts and lives to Him and have peace. That the omniscient, mighty, powerful God is in control. When I was four months pregnant, Matt's father passed away. The day we were flying to Chicago to be with the family for the funeral, I started having more complications. We thought it would be best if I went to the doctor before I got on an airplane. I remember running, I'm going to put this way now instead of on him. I remember running into Matt in the hallway of the place where we were living at the time and him saying, can't lose my father and my baby this close to each other we were both searching for answers and at this moment it was hard not to be anxious but through our cries god granted us peace at the doctor i was told i needed to start to take it easy or if i continued to show signs of stress i'd be hospitalized through the remainder of my pregnancy meaning i had to quit my job little did we know the blessings that god had in store for us we were making it financially, but with my job gone, things were going to get tight. A week after I quit my job, we won, one free rent for a year at the apartment complex where we were living. A whole year. To this day, I am still amazed at this, and we know that that truly was a God thing. He provides for his children. The following is a line from a song that was written by a man along the walk to Emmaus. Take heart, he will never leave you. Take heart, every boy and girl. Jesus told you this in him have peace. Take heart, he's overcome the world. Have peace, God is in control. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding, literally meaning that it surpasses all thought. We cannot fathom. That God can give us. God loves us beyond all compare. The peace that He can give us is unimaginable, and He desires a relationship with us. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me this do and the peace of god will be with you have a beautiful print of this that hangs in my house and i spent many hours staring at this picture during that pregnancy we were so unsure of many things how could i focus on what was right true and pure think on these things to think on them they must be in the forefront of our minds we are to keep our minds focused on what is pure and lovely focusing on these things make rejoicing in the lord easier if our mind is full of things from the lord then rejoicing is an easier task at my request my parents didn't tell anyone what i was told during that pregnancy that i know of they didn't tell anybody and even and again even them we didn't tell everything to we just simply said with the hole in the heart and the spot on the brain that continued to show up on every ultrasound the possibility was there that our child would be born with down we asked for prayer over me and the baby one day my mom ran into a friend of my dad's from the emmaus community they chatted for a bit and as my mom walked away kind of called out last minute everything's going to be okay with amy this of course stopped my mom and she turned And he goes, The baby's gonna be okay too. And I don't think she said anything but just stared at him blankly. And he said that God had laid this on his heart. A few weeks later, I was being prayed over by this man and several other strong Christians from my childhood. This man looked at me and said, There's an attack over this child. She's gonna do great things for him. God has a plan for this child. No mistaking that. There was my admirable, lovely, praiseworthy thing I could think of. Down syndrome or not, long life or not, God had a plan. He always has a plan. I spent the remainder of that pregnancy going to see the doctor once or twice a week. Almost every visit, I was strapped to those lovely monitors that monitor all the movement of the baby never moved much, so I spent hours at a time every visit strapped to these machines. About three to four weeks before my due date, my amniotic fluid dropped so low that they feared for the baby's health. I was going to be induced. Thirty long hours later, after the baby's heartbeat plummeted, I was rushed in for a C-section. There were more doctors in that delivery room for her than there were for me. It took minutes what seemed like hours for that first cry after the delivery. She was quickly swarmed by all the NICU doctors, and they examined every little thing. I don't know how long it was, but I do remember them bringing her to Mac and saying she's perfect. She's perfect. We may not know the plans that God has for her grace, but we know that she's going to do amazing things for Him, and that is something I can rejoice in focus on again. I know I can't always understand why you do the things you do, but I know in the end I'll make it through if I stand next to you. So here I am. The first time our pediatrician came to see us in the hospital, after examining our G, he looked at us and said, have you thanked God for her yet? And Matt's immediate response was, more than you will ever. Teach the Iwana Puggle class, the late twos, early threes. The class dropped before Cubby. And we do a whole series of I thank God for. I thank God for creation. I thank God for animals. During a lesson close to Thanksgiving, we sat down with each one of them and asked for several things that they're thankful for something that they love, something from God. Now, if you've ever, never asked a three year old what they're thankful for, I highly suggest that you do. Um, it will open your eyes to a whole new list of things that you've taken for granted every day. Um, we got the typical answers. My mom, my dad, my nana. But we also got all the animals, except for dogs. I don't do dogs. My nose, corn dogs, and Taco Bell. No wonder it says in Mark 10:14 and 15, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter in. When was the last time that we thanked God for the little things? Oswald Chambers said, We have become so self-centered that we go to God only for something from him and not for God himself. We can go to him with requests, but we don't need to forget to go to him just for him. So I ask you, have you thanked God yet? Have you thanked him for everything in your life? Have you thanked him for the joy? Have you thanked him for holding you through the pain? We're told to bring everything before the throne. While studying for this lesson, I realized that these verses, to me, come down to submission. Do we willingly submit to God's will for our lives, or do we turn from his plan? Submission is fully giving our hearts and lives to God, without doubt, without hesitation. In everything, in every heartbreak, in every praise, we fully rely on God. We lean on his love. We lean on his mercy, his power. We can lean on the loving arms of our Savior in sorrow or in delight. That, to me, is rejoicing in the Lord always. What an amazing God we serve. I thank you for letting me tell my story. That's the first time that has ever been spoken outside of our house in full. But we serve a God that has a purpose and a plan for our lives. We serve a God that hears our prayers. We serve a God that loves us unconditionally. And for that, we can rejoice always. So the challenge is, where are you standing? Are you standing in the will of God? Or are you leaning on your own understanding? What's the point? God has a plan. We may not know it. And our plan will usually differ from the path that God has set before us but submitting to his will is life-changing. I will fully admit that I am a planner. I function better with to-do lists. I have to-do lists at work, I have to-do lists at home. I plan my menus for dinner out weeks in advance. I function better that way. It makes my life run smoother. But I know that his plan is better for mine. So while it may be a daily struggle for me to remember that my plan is not just my to-do lists, I try to seek His will. But we have to submit to His will as well. We have to submit to the plan that God has laid out for our lives. We have to find our peace in Him. Without Him, true peace can never be achieved. Pray always. Take everything to Him. He already knows the outcome. He's just waiting on us to make our requests made known. Don't forget to thank God for the little things. Seek Him always. One of the amazing things about our God is that we never have to seek far to find him. He is never the one that leaves. If we are seeking him, it's because we have searched answers somewhere else. He is there in the good times and in the bad. Rejoice always. Praise his name. Sing it. Shout it. But rejoice in who he is. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Thanks, God.